Okay, welcome to episode six, everybody. I've got um, Christy Gray on the other side of me here. Um, so Christy is an astrologer. You write for uh, Body and Soul magazine as well, don't you? And you also have your own podcast, Cosmic Hotline, which is the coolest name. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little biased, but I think it's pretty cool too, especially based on the concept of what it's about, which is community and people being able to ask astrology questions because my goal is always to make astrology as accessible as possible. Yeah, amazing. And I think um, you have a very unique um, aesthetic. Like your aesthetic on Instagram is really cool. Like I was showing a couple of my girlfriends and I'm like, oh, my God, this is really cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do? Like you mentioned briefly, but, um, yeah, give us a rundown. What do you do? Yeah, well, I'm an astrologer, as you highlighted before, and um, that's normally the first question I get asked. It's like, okay, people are normally really intrigued, and they're like, oh, I want to know more, but they're like, what is it that you actually do? And um, I think every astrologer will approach their business differently, but what I try to do is combine all of my passions into one in my business. So what that looks like is 50% um, of my time I spend with one-to-one -one clients. That's my most favorite thing. And so what that looks like is that I um, am working with people to understand more about themselves mm -hmm. and the world around them and the people in their life through the lens of astrology. And that's not just reading your horoscope. That's essentially natal chart astrology, which I'm sure we'll get into anyway and what the difference mm -hmm. is there. And so I spend some time doing that and that takes up the majority. Um, I do have the podcast as well. So again, that's just another way for me to connect with community and um, be able to share my love and leave a legacy behind because I'm really trying to disrupt the astrology space. That's really important to me. Um, and then I do some other things. I have lots of passion projects. So I'm always studying astrology with mentors. I aspire all around the world um, because I always want to make sure that the content I'm sharing is relevant. And I'm actually working on some other really cool things for the coming year, um, which may include an app and I write for media and brands. So I do a bit of everything, but it keeps me um, more importantly across what's happening uh, from an astrological perspective. Yeah, amazing. Goodness me. That's great. So um <laughs> so can you touch on? So I think a lot of people are familiar with astrology. They know what their sun sign is, but that's kind of where it ends. So um can you explain like what your natal chart is? Because I've had um I had an astrology reading done before and she showed me the chart that she was reading from and I was like, this looks like the Da Vinci Code. I was like, I don't know what you're reading, but sounds absolutely correct. So can you run us through what that is? Yeah. So think of your natal chart as your map of potential. Right. It's not only who you are, but who you came here to be. And think of it like your soul's blueprint. And so at the exact date, time and location of your birth, that is how a natal chart is cast. And so that's why it's really important to have your time of birth because a natal chart changes approximately every four minutes. So even twins can have a, quite a different natal chart and it's expressed in completely different ways. Mm -hmm. And so this is the thing that I love so much about astrology is that there is duality. There, I call it high vibrational energy and low vibrational energy. We're always trying to find our equilibrium and step into that high vibrational energy of who we've come here to be. Um, but the thing is, is astrology isn't a belief system. It's a language. And so that's really important to understand. So like when you 
look at your horoscope, that's essentially based on your sun sign, which is your star sign. But that's such a small piece of the puzzle because there's so many other things that come into the equation with a natal chart. And so with and so I think too, there's sometimes some confusion between psychics and astrologers. And sure, some astrologers are psychics. I'm not a psychic. I am intuitive. I think you have to be to do this work. However, um, astrology is math and language and you get really good as an astrologer at identifying patterns and then being able to share what's relevant to the client based on where they're at in their astrological journey. Because at the end of the day, it's not my job to predict your future. You are the ultimate oracle, but it's my job to be a catalyst or a translator to help you to step into your higher self. Yeah, and I, I love that. I love that you um, differentiated that, you know, astrology is not a belief system because, you know, I speak to some people and they're like, oh, I, I don't believe in that. They're, you know, they're trying to say this or that. And I'm like, but it's just so correct. Like, have you ever read your, have you ever read your like star sign or like anything? And you can't tell me you don't relate to it. Like, um, yeah, so it, it isn't a belief system. Like you said, it is a tool and it's a very powerful tool. Um, it's yeah, amazing. At, um, being able to guide you, especially I think when I had my astrology done, it was, um, more kind of career focused and relationship focused. And, um, yeah, it definitely is, um, very powerful. Can you explain what are the differences between our sun sign, our moon sign, and our rising sign? Because they're very important. (laughs) Yeah. And they're the most important place to start. I'd say for anybody that's listening today is that if you are kind of overwhelmed with where to begin, start with your sun, moon, and ascendant. Even just start with your sun sign. You can get so much just from your sun sign. Uh, So think of your sun sign, which is your star sign, as like the CEO of you. It is related to purpose and life goals. And even if you're born on the cusp, if your sun sign isn't, you know, on that cusp, but you know exactly what that is, that's still who you've come here to be. Sure, you'll have an energy of the the star sign that came before it or the constellation, but that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And so your sun is really the driving force force in this lifetime. I always say if you feel out of equilibrium, look towards your sun sign. So that will help to give you insight as to how you get back into alignment. Mm -hmm. And so your sun is masculine in astrology. It's actually representative of the relationship with your father as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's lots of insights you can gain just from this placement. Now, between your sun and your moon. So your moon is feminine. It's related to the relationship with your mum. And so moon represents safety and security, um, emotions. Uh, it's your intuitive response on a day-to-day basis. And uh, your moon is going to, it's like your HR department. It's actually monitoring, monitoring your feelings. Uh, and so it's interesting, like I'll use myself for an example. So I'm a Virgo sun. So I love organization and yes. practicality and optimum. Like that's personal development is really important to me. I have an Aries moon. And so I'm really fiery. I take action really quickly. And um, I also am working on this lifetime vulnerability because <laughs> that's something that I've had to really lean into, especially as a business owner and, you know, sharing personal life versus astrology and what does that look like? And so our moon really gives us insight into how we're meeting our emotional needs and then what we're also expecting from others. Um, not that I think we should expect people to meet our emotional needs, but we kind of do. Yeah. Like how you interrelate with people kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and did you mention our ascending sign? 
Yeah. Yeah. So our ascendant or our rising sign, um, this is really important in traditional astrology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think sun sign, I'm, I'm a modern astrologer, but I do lean on traditional astrology because it's a part of our history. Mm-hmm. And um, this is related to joy and exhilaration. It's like the customer service of you. It's how others see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so your ascendant is another great place to look towards of if you're wondering how others see you, but but also when you're out of alignment is look towards this placement because it will help you to get back into feeling joy and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing. That's very, very useful. That's great. Thank you. So, all right. Now, can you tell me a little bit about kind of on that, just going off that note, so everyone kind of hears about their sun sign. It's quite common. People always tend to hear about Mercury retrograde as well. And I, I, I feel like as a whole, um, you know, people are getting uh, a lot more um, comfortable with astrology. I'm hearing like even like my dad is like the most non, just doesn't doesn't comprehend like astrology and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, I think we're in a Mercury retrograde. He's like, my phone's out, my this is out. I'm like, what? Like, so I think people are like, you know, coming a little bit um, closer to astrology and wanting to understand it. So um, can you explain, you know, what's a Mercury retrograde? Everyone, you know, talks about them. And are there other planets that are significant and, you know, we should kind of keep an eye out for if they go into retrograde as well? Yeah, yeah, great question. And, and look, planets retrograde, it's not unusual, but most people know about Mercury purely because it does create some upheaval. And even scientists who do not believe in astrology cannot discount that Mercury causes havoc. And so what tends to happen is planets' orbits change. And when their orbit changes, it gives us illusion of going backwards. It's not going backwards, but when anything's going backwards, what's it doing? It's slowing down. And so that's an opportunity to slow down based on what that planet represents. Now, because Mercury is closest to Earth, we feel it more. And Mercury is the planet of communication. It's our intellect and how we synthesize information. And it retrogrades three to four times a year. And so it's not unusual for it to retrograde. So depending on the constellation it's retrograding in will also dictate the flavor of what we'll experience collectively. So for example... At the time of recording this, we've got a uh, Mercury retrograde coming up on the 29th of December in Capricorn. And so because Mercury rules communication, there's a few key things I would consider, not just with this one, with all of them moving forward. It's an opportunity to reflect, review, reassess, and reimagine. And that definitely is in that communication theme. So whether it's having conversations with your loved ones or your friends, or whether it's sending emails, or if you're a business owner, like just double check everything. What um, we suggest is normally, again, don't take it as gospel. Again, use your intuition. However, um, just be really mindful if you sign contracts, you buy electronics, anything that's in that communication realm because you may feel disappointed or you may say something you regret or you may sign something that you later like it didn't it wasn't what it was cracked up to be does that make sense yeah yep 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 that definitely makes sense and um would you say there are any other are there any other um significant um planets when they go into retrograde that we should maybe 
do they are there any particular ones that kind of wreck a little bit of havoc or are there ones that we could really use to our benefit and be like okay right it's going into retrograde let me try and get this done or that done yeah and i love that you highlighted that marissa because i think it's really important so i'll give you some insights into a couple of other key planets to look for but in saying that too because it's a, a slowing down period and an opportunity to reimagine just think rather than it being something that is uh what's the right word like maybe like stopping things like i think we are always forging ahead so quickly when a planet retrogrades it can be a little disheartening because we're like oh things aren't going the same way they should think of it as an opportunity for mastery it's an opportunity to backtrack your steps, actually master something or look for something that you may have missed so that you can forge ahead as um, and step into a higher vibration of yourself. Now, another one is like we're in Mars retrograde at the moment. And so Mars retrogrades biannually and Mars represents masculine energy. It's a planet of aggression, assertion. It's our desire, our drive. And so when it retrogrades, it's retrograding in Gemini. Um, what tends to happen, it's easier to become frustrated to become like you if you don't have a good positive outlet for your um emotions is what i would say in your energy it could come across as aggressive mm -hmm. uh definitely with um the full moon that we've had uh recently as well um it was a real breaking point moment and so anything that's percolating under the surface you're going to need an outlet for it um, and you want to make sure it's a healthy outlet so what i tend to say when mars is retrograding is making sure you've got a really good solid morning routine in place you've got some great like an exercise routine just mm -hmm. having outlets so that you don't end up saying something that you could later regret yeah got you yeah okay very that's yeah that's very useful that's very useful um i want to touch on you mentioned um the full moon that we just had um because i saw your instagram posts come up and i really resonated with my aquarius one and so just recently i think it was yesterday did we have a full moon in gemini is that correct yeah good so what does that mean tell us what can that like what energies does that bring up and um you know what significance does it have really yeah, so every full moon will be different because of what's happening in the cosmos. But a full moon is, and I always say with new and full moons, if you, if you want to align to the cycles of the moon, use the new moon as your new beginning. It's okay. an opportunity to set intentions. It's like a fresh start. It's not necessarily about taking action specifically at that time, but it's all about dreaming and going, okay, what do I want to call in for the month ahead? Whereas the full moon is like your check-in point. It's an opportunity to reflect on, okay, what's been happening over the last two weeks? And also like, what did I commit at the new moon and what were my intentions? But what am I still hanging on to that I need to release and let go of? And with this particular full moon in Gemini we had because of the fact that it was conjunct with Mars retrograde there was this like real it was like we've been in a bit of a pressure cooker and so anything that needed to come to the surface it was all about expressing that and um, again having that outlet so I actually had shared um, with everyone that I didn't think the breakthrough would come at the full moon I actually think it, it's going to come like today because of the fact that today is the sun is in opposition to Mars retrograde and so again the moon will illuminate things and gives us this, this opportunity to really reflect, reflect and tap into our divine feminine but the sun is actually going to shine a light and go okay 
what do you really need to let go of, what you've held on to throughout 2022. But more importantly, I always believe that we're always becoming a new version of ourselves. So what habits or rituals or behaviors or actions are you doing right now that are actually aligned to your past self rather than your future self? Chills, that's so powerful. I love that. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely going to have to journal about that later. Yeah. Save that one. <laughs> okay, awesome. So new moons, more about new beginning, kind of fresh slate, you know, getting into, you know, your new habits, setting your intentions to move forward. And your full moon is just reflective, um, you know, thinking about things you want to shift, change, and, um, you know, how, how, how you can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And best place to start with astrology. If, if you're a beginner and you want to start working with the astrological cycles, that's a beautiful place to start because it's every two weeks and it's quite relevant. And just think of it, line it with your goals and dreams. Start yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And do you have any particular new moon rituals that you do? Is there anything you do specifically? Yeah, so I'm a big one on energy and the home. And so whether you're using feng shui and moving around 27 items to refresh the energy in your home or you're burning some sage or I always set my goals and my dreams, like that's just an opportunity for me to create a fresh start. And home in my natal chart is really important. It's a place of expansion for me. And so that's why for me, my rituals start in the home. But you could do anything that aligns with you some people do they like to set their intentions and their goals um they may want to like go and have an ocean dip to cleanse that energy mm. go get a treatment just something that honors you as this new cycle begins yeah beautiful beautiful okay that's great so i guess moving on from that can you um i guess kind of we're almost looking back to the natal chart topic but would you be able to tell me what are the 12 houses um and what do they represent what's their significance yeah, I love that you're asking this question because it's normally where everybody gets like a little bit confused because yeah. I think it's with the... <laughs> With the, um, with the star signs, like the constellations, we can see those and we resonate with them. And then the planets, well, we know that they're out there normally based, based on a class we've taken in school. Um, mm. whereas the houses, we can't see them, but essentially, um, there are so many different house systems, which I won't go into, but every astrologer will have a preference of a house system. But what the houses are, they're from one through to 12 and they essentially are breaking up your natal chart. So, um, Think of it as at the time you were born, if we took a photograph of the sky, there's all these different quadrants of where everything's sitting, the planets and the zodiac signs. And just like if you travel somewhere else in the world, whether you're in Melbourne, the Gold Coast, or you go to the US, you're navigating different terrain. Your natal chart's no different. Every house is a different terrain. It's It's got a different expression of how it comes to life. And if you really are like a astro-obsessed person, as I always say, just understand the planets inside and out because it makes it easier to understand the houses and the zodiac sign because each planet will rule a house essentially. Okay. And so there are 12 houses of the zodiac and um, there's lots of different words you can associate with each one. But what I'll do is I'll give you three to make it kind of easy so it doesn't feel overwhelming. Um, and you can, of course, like Anyone can either ask me any questions on this, like you can loop back to me, DM me, or Marissa, like hit me with some questions as well. So yeah. um, we've got the first house, which is the house of self. And so it represents self-exploration. It's our identity and it represents beginnings. And so if you have anything in your first house, that's going to show you how you bring this expression to life. 
Our second house represents money, values, and manifestation, right? It's all about mastery. What are we working towards? Mm -hmm. Our third house is community. It's communication and it's our thoughts. So it's very mercurial. You can um, see those threads based on like Mercury that I shared before. And it's because it's associated, Mercury rules it, it's associated with Gemini. Yeah. Uh, then we have the fourth house and the fourth house is home, family, and it's our inner security. Yeah. We've then got the fifth house, which is fun, romance, and self-expression. Mm -hmm. And we've got the sixth house, which is self-improvement, health and work. Yeah. Our seventh house is relationships, personal and professional. Yeah. We've then got the eighth house, which is sex, transformation, and inheritances. Wow. So other people's money. Yeah. Um, we've got the ninth house, which is travel, mind expansion, and or expansion as a whole, and spirituality. Yeah. The 10th house is related to career, ambition, and public image. And we've got the 11th house, which is representative of groups, aspirations, so our hope, hopes, goals, wishes, and dreams, and also technology. Mm -hmm. And we have the 12th house, which is the last house of the zodiac. I call it the hidden house. And it represents spirituality, mysticism, and the subconscious mind. And so you can see that there's like every kind of house builds upon the last. And I'm, re I'm a realist. I know that even me sharing that in like under a minute, you're going to going to be like, WTF. Like that's a, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> Basis. You're like, they have not missed a beat. It's like you, the 12 houses, like you're covered. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you have nothing in a house, because I think people get really caught up too of like, why does my natal chart look like this? Or why don't I have anything in a house? And that's not a bad thing. You'll still have a house ruler, which an astrologer will still be able to give you insight into. But if there's nothing there, just think of it as an empty room to decorate. It's what the Astro Twins always say. And I actually love that because it just makes you go, oh, I can do what I want. I can express this in any way that I want to. Yeah, amazing. And I feel like for, for people listening, if you're like, wait, what? I think it's worth getting a reading, like book in with Christy, get your reading, have a look at the chart, see what's going on. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Because it does, it does. It's kind of complex, but simple in the same way. Like once you go through yeah. it and explain it, it just clicks and you go, oh, okay. Um, but it's yeah. so intricate. It's just, um, it's just so amazing. Like you think about the history of astrology and the significance it's had in history and, you know, there's, you can't deny it's um, like, you know, what place it holds in how it can guide our lives. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And did you say you're an Aquarius, Marissa? Yeah, I'm an Aquarius. What are your big three? So I'm an Aquarius, um, my sun sign, and then my um, moon sign is Scorpio. So oh, amazing. I'm very in my feels. And then <laughs> and then my rising sign is in Pisces. Oh, what an amazing mix. I love that. Yeah. A feelings-based Aquarius. I'm here for that. Yeah, I know, right? I feel like on the outside, I'm like ice queen. I'm like, yeah. mm -hmm. and then like I'll go home and I'll like cry about it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, so it's an interesting mix. What are your big three? So you're in Virgo and then what else? Aries and then what's your other? Yeah, I'm a Leo ascendant, which is, I'm a big storyteller. I'm big on like analogies and, and that's the Leo ascendant. And so I've had to really honor, and this is a good thing to bring up while we're talking about it. And I'll use you as an example too, mm -hmm. is that 
we're multifaceted human beings. We're not just our star sign. And so I'm a fiery Virgo and I have a lot of, um, I've had to really reckon with myself in this lifetime because I crave perfection. Like I try to be the best version of myself, which is why I say I do astrology for your higher self. It makes sense. But I was a really big rebel growing up and I try to disrupt the status quo. I will speak my mind and I used to always feel really guilty that I am like very, um, there's a lot of duality in myself, but the same with you, right? Like one of my really good friends, all my besties are Aquarians. I love Aquarians. They're my favorite people because you just like walk on the wild side. You're so rebellious and that yeah. ice queen, I'm just so here for because it, <laughs> I just want to like know more and like be in your energy. But then like, if you just read Aquarius, but then you're like, hang on, like Scorpio moon, like and I I hope you don't mind me saying, but like normally it means like your mum may have had a challenging birth or she could have been quite stressed when she was pregnant with you. And what happens is you come into this world with this heightened state of emotion. And so you're like a little sponge. You've got this like emotional antennae picking up on the world around you, which is not Aquarius at all. Yeah, literally like that is, that is, that is bang on a hundred percent. Like it's very, um, very like I want to say like left brain almost like I'm yeah. always ticking away like I'm always over analyzing things and like I guess on the fun side of things I'm like love ghost stories love haunted stuff like like a weird little Scorpio you know like they love that stuff <laughs> you gotta get to the bottom of things you need to like go dig in the trenches like and with your Aquarian nature it just kicks that into overdrive <laughs> <laughs> So, so true. Yeah, very, very accurate. Um, and I guess that kind of takes me to my next point in my question of how astrology has helped you to better understand people. Because I think, you know, with the amount of knowledge that you have, you know, your relationships with people, I wonder, does that kind of shift your perception of how you, um, yeah, interrelate with people? Because you would be able to understand them in a way that maybe they don't understand themselves in some concepts. Yeah. I don't want to get emotional because this always like makes me so like in a good way. But, mm -hmm. um, I, before I found astrology, obviously my life was so different mm -hmm. and I, I saw things in black and white and mm -hmm. I don't want to pretend that I, you know, had my shit together. I would judge people all the time and I was judging myself too. And, mm -hmm. um, I think too, when you move into your thirties, like I'm almost 40 now and, um, you gain more self-acceptance and you accept others, but astrology has given me the greatest gift where I get to see someone's potential. I get to be able to help guide them and it is the greatest gift that I've ever been given because I have no judgment over anybody sure I have an opinion about things I might see on Instagram but when it comes to a client I'm connecting with or a friend I gain I've got this greater sense of understanding and it's not my job again that's why I said in the beginning it's not my job to tell you how to live your life or to say you are doing it the wrong way or I know better than you because I'm a gatekeeper of information that is not the case at all it's my job to understand where you're at how can I meet you where you're at and also give you something to really consider to step in to the next evolution of you. So I just feel so grateful that I have this knowledge, um, but more importantly, I can gift it to everybody that I get the opportunity to connect with. Wow. Honestly, that is so powerful. And I feel like, like you said, you know, the fact that you're able to 
meet people in that way is would be so liberating for your own self because in order to meet people that way you, you have to meet yourself in that manner first so I feel like like you said astrology has obviously opened up um you know a whole 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 lot of freedom for you you know and like for other people and you're able to give that to other people so um yeah that's that's amazing that's really amazing um do you place a lot of weight on the decisions that you um take when you're you know in astrology so you know maybe you consider that when you're you know interrelating with people in friendships and stuff like that but also i guess in um work decisions or business decisions do you kind of have a look at what's going on astrologically or what's your go yeah yeah totally so i have two i'll kind of got two parts to share with this is number one is that i think I'm an evolutionary astrologer, which means I believe you have free will. It's yep. up to you what you do with the information and how you utilize it. Yeah. And saying that, the caveat is I believe 50% is written in the stars, but 50% is based on your childhood programming, how you view the world, and your perception of reality. I think we get faced with sliding doors moments every single day, and it's up to us to um, be in alignment to make the right and best decision for ourselves. But life happens, and we're never behind, and there's always another astrological activation around the corner. So I kind of wanted to preface with that. But in saying that, I also know exactly where I'm going or the clients that I've been working with for years now, they know exactly where they're going. And when you start really working in alignment with, um, because we don't just work with the natal chart, there's so many different charts. I'm at the moment, like with a astrology forecast, like I'm essentially looking at four key charts altogether so that I can gain an understanding of where are you at in your astrological cycle? How do you feel about it? Where are you going? But where have you been? And to help guide people. So like even for me uh, is that I know I have, it's like I have this plan of where things are. I I try to not do any more than five years because I think you need to make space for serendipity, but Mm -hmm. I know where I'm going, but it's not about getting granular with every single action step. It's more about just having that vision, just like a vision board or a manifestation board. It's knowing these are the things I'm working on, but how do I take action in those? So for example, is that um, I have a really big Saturn year coming up. And Saturn represents structure and discipline. It's representative of karma and how we respond to authority. It's representative of work. And I've been working so hard and I've had a great year with Jupiter and I'm like, oh, okay, great. And so rather than going, oh, I'm just going to wait till they happen, I'm starting to really finesse things now so that I can spend time next year doing exactly what I love. I have a team in place to help me do the things that I don't want to be doing so that I can continue to do the work that I'm doing. So um, it's more about knowing what's coming, but then and identifying the patterns, but then not allowing that to dictate you. But here's the other thing that's really cool is that I just completed a course with the London School of Astrology on electional astrology, which is really cool. And it's quite a traditional approach to astrology. And so I've been playing around with it and tinkering with myself and clients of like when you launch something in your business or when you uh, may want to start something new, it could be getting married. And it's about how can you elect the best possible time and date to get the best possible result based on what you're calling in, which I think is a really cool manifestation tool. That is so cool. Anytime I have a new product launch, I'm going to be like, Christy, (laughs) help me. (laughs) That's so powerful. That's really, really amazing. Wow. Wow. So that just essentially (laughs) means that like, I guess, 
it's a really good example of how you know you're using it as a tool in order to get you know the best possible outcome so um i also think it's a good way to look at astrology as you know it's giving you a framework so you're like look this is the outline for you and then you know what happens in between that that's life you know life's gonna happen but this is kind of briefly where you're at and like you can you work within that framework so yeah yeah yeah, and like you're getting the, the thing is with transits, and and I call them activations. Is that we're getting them all the time. Like the outer planets, we see have some longer themes with those with the inner planets. They come and go really quickly, and that's why like if you have an astrology app, like if you have CoStar, most people have CoStar, they'll be like, oh, it's so repetitive. I'm like, yeah, because they're like outer planets. They're longer themes you're experiencing in your yeah. life, and so. That's why it's because yeah. you, there's a lesson you still need to learn here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I do is with the clients that I do work with when we're forecasting is I will give them the dates and I'm like, okay, this is when it starts. This is when you have a direct hit date. This is when it finishes. This is the overarching theme, mm-hmm. right? But write them down in your calendar, highlight them, put one to two bullet points of what they mean, go live your life. And then what happens is something will happen. And I'm like, go back to your dates, write it down. And so those longer themes that can play out, you know, sometimes three or five times over a course of a couple of years, you are more empowered to make decisions because you start to recognize the themes in your own life. So essentially it's encouraging mindfulness, consciousness, intention, and more importantly, trusting your intuition. Yeah, yeah, just bringing kind of your life into alignment and living based on, you know, what's going to be give you the best outcome that's true to yourself, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I guess touching on that, what do you think, what are the overarching themes for 2023? Like what are we moving into? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So we, it's, you know what, 2022 was a new normal year. Nice. It was all about trying to redefine what our lives looked like and what we want our lives to look like. And a big theme this year has been uh, about how we lean on our inner resources, whether it be resilience or how we emotionally regulate ourselves Mm -hmm. to essentially go after our dreams and desires. And I know for so many people, especially our fixed signs, Aquarius, Leo, Taurus, and Scorpio, like you've had a hard time and I know that it hasn't been ideal and it's forced you to change and transform. Look, and I think all, all zodiac signs have copped it, but our fixed signs just back into this year, it's been yeah. a shit show, I'm being oh, honest. <laughs> and not comfortable because you're a fixed sign, so you don't necessarily want to like be forced into something. Like 10 out of 10. Like all year I've been like, oh, like just leave me. And like you get back on your feet again and you're like, okay, I've got this. And then it's like, bang. And you're like, oh, like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it has, it's been harder, but it's all about letting go and releasing anything that no longer serves. Life isn't going back to what it was pre 2020. I'm telling you that. And we're entering into the Aquarian age. And so we're going to get a real taste of what's going to come in the next decade, um, next year in 2023. And so there's a few key things that I'm really excited about is number one is opportunities. And this is what I'm running with. Opportunities will exist everywhere, but it's up to you 
what you're going to go after. Um, we're going to have uh, Pluto for the first time since the 1700s move into the sign. We're going to get a taste. It's going to move into the sign of Aquarius. So it's finishing its reign in Capricorn, which I'm so excited for. And so Aquarius is, it's all about um, humanity and technology. It represents like our hopes, goals, wishes, and dreams. It's about how do we take what we foresee in our future, but make it tangible. It's the biggest opportunity for Aquarius energy. And I was only chatting to a friend yesterday uh, because what I'm starting to see online, and I really hope that this, from the collective standpoint, we've got so much opportunity to grow and evolve and be back out in the world again. But in saying that, it's really important that we look after our people in our life. So important because Aquarius and low vibe can be anxious avoidant. It's like, I'm an island. I'm independent. I'm going to do my own thing. And, and it's, yeah. And it's like, and I'm seeing that already a lot online. Like people are like, you've got to put boundaries in place. You've got to say no. And sure, I think you have to have all those things. But at the same time, connection, like if we think of psychology, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm -hmm. connection is a part of our ascension and well-being. And Aquarius and high vibe is like, oh, I'm doing things that leave the world a better place. And that also means like my friend's having a bad time and I know I've got a lot happening in my life. Mm -hmm. I just need to know that. Like she needs to know I'm here yeah. and like we have each other type thing. And so I really want to see that moving forward. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that starts to transcend next year. Yeah. And I feel like Aquarius in high vibe as well is also kind of like showing up to the world, being a little bit weird, a little bit quirky, but having that vulnerability and being like, look, take it or leave it, but, like, this is the best version of me. Like, welcome. Like, come, welcome. Or if not, like, that's fine. Like, I'll kind of try and meet you where you are. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's just, you know, coming, like, as an Aquarius, I guess I can resonate to that energy in where it's, like, people aren't going to think you're weird. Like, just do what you're doing. And, like, people, the right people will yeah um come to you and, and lift you up so like don't be scared and go into hermit mode like be free <laughs> yeah exactly and and um because it's interesting because aquarius and leo are on the opposing axis and leo is very much about look at me i'm on stage i want you to see me i'm here to like give my love to you and i want it reciprocated and aquarius is like don't look at me but i want you to include me it's like again it's all about how do we also dance to the beat of our own drum and so you know there is some layers to this, I think, also too, because uh, Aquarius and a lot that's happening, especially with Jupiter moving into Taurus too, I think how we consume content, it's going to change a lot. I think we've already seen that a lot this year, especially when it comes to social media as well. Yeah. Um, and so again, your consumption is going to have to be, it's going to be, have to be a priority because um, there's a lot of people consuming at the moment and not creating. Uh, it's like, you're going to have to like, again, especially if you're in business as well, it's like being really mindful of that is going to be really important. Where do you see the shift in terms of um, how we consume technolo um, technology and, and media and stuff like that? Because I think it's a very big um, part of our lives. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think there's a lot of distractions at the moment. I think that's one. I think whether that's TikTok, whether that's anything that's bite-sized content, is that we have tech platforms. Um, and I even like was thinking, like even with dating apps, right, everybody wants to keep you on the platform. And they just want to feed you content and keep you engaged, but it's actually taking you away from the real world. And I think too, like we've even seen that this week, um, there's been a lot of like those AI portraits that have been coming out. I don't know if you've seen them. Weird. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. 
It's another distraction. It's keeping us away from living who we are. Again, coming back to what you said, Marissa, we have to embrace who we are. Who are we in this lifetime? How are we interacting in the world? Not, uh, but I, I think technology is a good thing. I don't want to pretend it's a bad thing because yeah. we can connect with people all over the world, but we're also becoming so disconnected because we're yeah. spending so much time online. So I actually do see a shift as we're back out in the world again and we're becoming like socially integrating more so is that, again, those real world experiences are going to need to take precedent. And I think they will, by the way. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting. I think it will be a mix, a split between people that want to just consume online versus people that will spend less time online because yeah. they actually want to have more real in-person experiences. Yeah, that's very significant. I feel like the people that I've talked to about social media and consumption and stuff like that, a lot of um, society I feel like is shifting towards this kind of like, hang on, this is like, this is crazy. Like this is too much. Like people that I feel aren't even necessarily, you know, in tune with themselves or are very into spirituality, like they feel that. They feel that disconnection. They're like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Like I've completely gone off TikTok. I'm like, this is sickness. This app yeah. is not okay because it's yeah. so addictive. You're just on there and your energy goes in there. And then I always feel so anxious afterwards. And I'm yeah. like, this is like a hot mess. I'm like, goodbye. Like I cannot yeah. be on this. Like this is not good for my mental health. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited to that. see this shift kind of occurring in 2023. Yeah. Um, and do you feel there's any overarching themes in business and relationships for 2023? Yeah, great question. So um, I definitely think how we're doing business is changing. Right. And we have to be able to be, I think it's about how do you create a brand that is trend-driven but is also like staying uh, aligned with its vision and its mission. Because mm. I think this is the thing with social media, right? It's like every brand wants to, things change so rapidly now. Yeah. And I think it's easy to get really influenced by what other people are doing. But think about it, right? Even if we just take away astrology for right now, the brands that have longevity and loyalty are the ones that have a really strong vision mission and their branding is chef's kiss. Like yeah. it's something that will stand the test of time. And so there's, I think, ways that you can play with content. And that's what I've been doing a lot in my business as well. Yeah. I've been playing a lot this year and going, what resonates with people? What are they feel inspired by, especially because I'm about the high vibrational energy. And so you want to be able to have fun with that, but also not lose sight of what's important to you and what you're wanting to do. Yeah. Um, with Jupiter moving into Taurus as well. And Taurus is all about manifestation and mastery and running a marathon and not a race is really looking for stability in your business. So what I tend to say with clients I work with a lot of the time is, is that understand what's at the center of your ecosystem. What's, what, what is the, what's your thing? So for me, it's actually not astrology. For me, it's empowerment. Whether I'm having a conversation with you or I'm having a conversation in my DMs or I'm having a session with a client, that's at the center of my ecosystem, whether I'm empowering myself or the other person. You know, it could be a product, it could be a service, it could be a feeling, but it's like, what's that thing that drives you? And gaining a really good understanding of all these different things, because especially as business owners, right, we're very entrepreneurial, we have 10 million different things, yeah. is that you want to make sure that everything feeds into the ecosystem. And so I think it's really important to be looking 
for if you have a brand or a business is how can you create a high touch customer experience that's going to help you to have longevity and loyalty with your brand mm -hmm. and you again it comes back to what you said Marissa the only way I think you can do that is when, whether it's your brand or yourself like I'm a personal brand so are you by what I can see is like mm -hmm. you have to be authentic to you because if you're not you might not get the um, same result that you may be looking for. Yeah. The tech is going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've really, I've definitely felt that. I feel like towards this end of the year, I've really felt kind of that shift occurring where I've had to be like, you know, look, hang on. I get that my business needs to be on social media. I get that I need to kind of move along with the trends and the this and the that. But there was a point where I was having a meeting with someone who was, you know, um, giving me some advice with social media and they're like, you know, you should do this, you should do that. And I'm like, you know what? It just doesn't resonate. It would be inauthentic for me to hop on and like do a little dance on TikTok. I was like, I get that it's on trend, but you know, at the end of the day, I had to do a bit of work and kind of loop back and go, well, hang on, why did I start this brand? Like, what does it mean to me? And what do I, um, you know, what do I really want to help people with? So I, I can feel that kind of happening already, which is, that's really powerful and useful. Um, yep advice yeah yeah get really clear on your spiritual values mm. not even your spiritual values if you're not mm. spiritual get clear on your values what are they are they are they the same as what's in your business depending on i suppose it depends on how big your team is and make sure you're all working towards a common goal but if your values and what's important to you aren't aligned with your business objectives it's going to be harder to get that cut through yeah, yeah, and I think people are coming a lot more attuned to what's, um, you know, real and what's a little bit um, salesy because we've almost been over-saturated with so much advertising, so much whatever that people have now kind of the, the scale has tipped. Everyone's like, look, I just can't with this kind of highly filtered, highly conceptualised thing, like just give me what's happening, like what's real, you know? Yeah. So that's yep. great. Um, kind of on that note um, about finding your core value almost – like, you know, listing them down and, you know, basing things and decisions around that. I loved, I saw on your Instagram, um, you wrote um, to pick a word for 2023. So, you know, instead of doing the whole new year, new me, find a word and then make sure that your actions and your decisions next year encapsulate that word. And I, that was like such a light bulb moment for me. It really just clicked for me because your word was higher. And I was like, that's my word too. I love it. I was like, higher, higher, higher. It just really is so empowering just to, it just draws your laser focus in. You're yep. like, okay, this is my word. This is how I'm going to act. And this is um, how I'm going to move forward with my year. So can you um, touch on how you kind of started that and what's your advice on, you know, maybe helping people to pick their word and move forward in that direction? Yeah, I love that you are like, that's my word too, because I've had that from a couple of people. They're like, I'm going to claim that word as well. I was like, we can start a higher girl gang. I'm totally here for that. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I got this concept from, like, because I've like immersed myself in spirituality and personal development for over a decade now. But I probably knowing me, I would have seen something or read something that maybe inspired it in the beginning. And I've been doing it for so long now. That's why I can't remember. So my first word that I ever picked was for 2017. And so I've been doing this for five years now. And so what I do is that 
every time around November and December and it normally percolates for a couple of months prior as I start to think about exactly exactly as you said like what is the energy I'm wanting to call in because I'm really ambitious I also am always tweaking my goals and like what I'm working towards so um before becoming um, an astrologer. I worked in learning and development for over 10 years. And then um, I also had completed a life coaching certification. So again, like working towards something is important, which is probably why our conversation is the way it is today, because I'm not a traditional astrologer. Like I'm an astrologer that's all about like, you go out and live your best life. Like not that every astrologer doesn't do that, but it's more so I don't get uh, caught up in the semantics. It's like, what does that mean to the person? And so um, essentially what I do is I find this word is just something that I want to embody. And every time it's either a new astrological month or I'm setting new goals is that word acts as my North star. Mm -hmm. And so what I invite anybody to do that's listening today is to think about, and you can even reflect back on this year, even if you didn't have a word, there would have been something that was a common theme in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you get to choose a new word moving ahead and um, just think it needs to be something because this is what we do um, when we're setting goals is that when they are inspiring, intentional, aspirational and powerful, you're more likely to achieve them. So you should think exactly the same way with your word. It should be something that gets you really excited that you want to embody and that will be your guiding star moving forward. Mm, I love that. That's really, really great and amazing advice moving into um into 2023 it's very exciting i'm really excited to see whether you go and i'm really excited to hear um everyone's words if everyone listening yeah. to a word um you have to dm us and let us know because i really feel um it just really gets me going i'm like yeah like i love it <laughs> I have to read, like, my wallpaper or something to just oh, totally yeah totally yeah um I feel like that's a wrap you've given me so much um amazing and everyone listening so much um information that's been really great and i'm so glad i could chat with you um i guess if anyone's interested in getting a reading which how could you not be by the end of this podcast like are you crazy um i'll pop down christy's information in the podcast um kind of info down below and you can reach out and um and book in with christy um yeah i feel like so Amazing. many questions that pop to my head once i leave you but i feel like um you've given me really good um useful information to move forward into the new year and um yeah I've learned so much thank you oh, thank you for Marissa for having me thank you for our conversation today and I just I feel very blessed to be able to share my love of astrology and for anybody that's listening and if you're like because a lot of people it's like you need to pop your cherry with astrology and you don't know where to start you can always like send me a message first and just connect and just see if I'm your vibe as well yeah yeah definitely so I'll pop all the info below but um that's it thank you I'm just going to stop recording on this one second. yeah cool I was trying to be quiet